0: Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. Chris, we're still in the book of Leviticus. We'll finish it up this week. But in Leviticus 24, verses 10 to 16, there's kind of a crazy story. And just to summarize, there was an Israelite woman and she married an Egyptian man and they had a son. The son gets into a fight with an Israelite and curses God's name as he's fighting. And this boy, who was probably really a man, is brought to Moses. Now, you and I know that there's nothing in the Bible that's coincidental. In Leviticus 24, 11, it says, the mother was from the tribe of Dan and his dad was an Egyptian. Now, during the Israelites enslavement in Egypt, sometimes Jewish women would marry Egyptian men for protection. And we don't know if the husband converted to Judaism or not, But what we do
1: know is that he left Egypt willingly with the Israelites because
0: he's out in the wilderness with them.
1: Yeah, a lot of Egyptians did leave with the Israelites for varying reasons. We wonder why this grown man or this young man cursed God. You know, maybe he picked up cursing of some nature in Egypt, maybe even from his dad. But this guy is also half Israelite. Dan was the first tribe to fall into idolatry in Judges. And maybe this shows some serious sin within the within the tribe of Dan. The Hebrew word for curse means transfixed or insultingly abused. It's not just using a name in vain. No. And this guy cursed
0: God in public, in witnesses, and he cursed God in anger. And one thing I noted was a quote from Calvin, because I do love Calvin. Calvin says it's a frivolous subterfuge to require that blasphemies should be pardoned on the ground that they've been uttered in anger for nothing is more intolerable than when our wrath should vent itself upon God when we are angry with one of our fellow creatures. And Chris, we hear all the time people use God's name in vain and they say, oh, I was just angry. You know, I I didn't mean it. I just lost my temper. But Calvin's right. When we're angry at someone,
1: why is God the instrument of our wrath and anger? I, I was going to say, because people know he's sovereign, but even a lot of Christians don't understand that. But it doesn't make any sense. It really does not make any sense. And Calvin makes a very, very good point. And that's the excuse you hear all the time is, yeah, I was angry. Anger seems to be an excuse for a lot of things and it shouldn't be. It needs to not be. And if we have that problem, which I think we all do to some extent, we sh- mm-hmm. we need to work on it. So let's talk about what what happened to this guy. Moses inquires of God. He asks, what should we do? And God's response was, everybody who heard him curse, take him out outside the camp and lay hands on him and stone him to death. That's what they were told to do. Now, laying hands on something signifies laying the complete responsibility and guilt on somebody for their actions. We talked about last week laying hands on the head of the goat to lay, you know, symbolically lay the sin of the people on. The people that heard him didn't sin themselves by hearing him, but it's defiling. Right. God's point is that the people who heard it aren't responsible. They're putting
0: all the responsibility on the guy who actually did it.
1: Makes total sense.
0: Yeah, it does make total sense. Leviticus 24, 15 to 16 says, Speak to the people of Israel saying, whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. So it was that guy's responsibility. And it goes on to say in verse 16, whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him, the sojourner as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name shall be put to death.
1: Pretty strong words and strong consequences. I was thinking that, I was thinking that exact same thing. It is. But it should be. It absolutely should be. And there is New Testament correlation to this. Matthew 12, 31 and 32, Luke 2, 10, and Mark 3, 28 to 30. And I'll read that. It says, truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the children of man, and whatever blasphemes they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying quote, he has an unclean spirit. And the people that were saying that were the Pharisees about Jesus. That's right. And
0: the term blasphemy means defiant irreverence. So it could be either cursing God or it could be willfully degrading things relating to God. It could be also contributing evil to God or denying
1: that good was from God. That sounds a lot like what the Pharisees were doing. So- Giving Satan or something else credit for something God did, or accusing God of perpetrating some evil that Satan or someone else did, it, bad. I mean, it, it deserves death. That's blasphemy. You know, it's blasphemy. In the New Testament passages, Jesus was accusing the Pharisees of blasphemy, like I said, against the Holy Spirit. They had witnessed Jesus' power and his miracles. And They saw him exercise demons and other things, and they accused him of being a demon. So they were given demons credit for something that Jesus had done. And they did it very verbally and in public, which is what we see here in this part that we're talking about today.
0: That's right. The fact that it says in that Mark passage you were reading that the Pharisees were saying, it conveys that it was a persistent sin. And we know that it was a persistent sin if you read the Gospels. It wasn't just this one-time thing that they did. They continued to do it. And they were supposed to be the Old Testament experts. They should have known who Jesus was more than anyone else. And last week, we talked about the high priests having high standards. Well, Bible teachers are always held to higher standards. Certainly, the religious experts were held to a much higher
1: standard than the average person. And they should be. They should be. The fact that they couldn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah with all the studying that they did, it just shows how blind they they really were. They know God and yet they failed to recognize Jesus as the Savior and it's unforgivable.
0: That's right. It's not out of ignorance because like you said, they would have studied just like the Leviticus guy that we talked about. He was half Israelite. He should have known better. It wasn't like he was all Egyptian or something. So it's not out of ignorance that they're blaspheming. These are people who should have known better. They're willfully oppressing the truth of God. They know who God is, yet they're failing to recognize him. And that's unforgivable. That's the
1: blasphemy that's unforgivable. And just like the Pharisees, this guy had seen his share of miracles. Yep. You know, you don't cross the Red Sea and think it's nothing. Rose, I hear a lot of people worried about whether they've blasphemed the Holy Spirit or not. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is not using God's name in vain once or twice. It's a persistent rejection and or cursing of God, giving Satan or others credit for the works of God or vice versa, as the Pharisees accused Jesus of. Who do you attribute the works of God to? I hear it all the time on television news. Mother Nature does the weather, obviously. Mother Earth, the universe. Who are people actually giving credit for the things God does? Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. And
0: it's unforgivable blasphemy against the Holy Spirit because it's a hardened heart
1: against God. It's unbelief. And unbelief will not be forgiven, not in this age or the next age or any age to come. Unbelievers are going to be condemned and face the wrath of God for eternity in hell because of the sin. That's right. So the Leviticus passage, this guy
0: wasn't just a guy who used the name of God in vain in anger. And he actually cursed God, had his heart hardened against God and he
1: deserved to die for it. Exactly. And that's where we'll end today. Have a blessed morning, everybody. (laughs)